Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Schaefer's Market Mashup. First things first, I want to shout out my friend Jack Goblersch, who makes the intro and outro music for the Market Mashup. Kudos to you, Jack, and your Reds. You'll never walk alone. Just a quick hitter episode today with the holiday shortened week and barbecues on everybody's mind. But once again, I want to thank everybody that tuned in to last week's episode, that subscribed, left comments. All types of feedback is welcomed and appreciated as we get this thing off the ground again. So, what have we missed in the world of Wall Street in the past five trading days? Well, all three indexes turned in weekly losses on Friday. However, for some perspective, they were not as steep as the losses for the week ending in June 12th. And yesterday, the Dow wrapped up its best quarter since 1987. I wasn't even alive then. The S&P 500 turned in its best quarter since 1998. I was 10 years old playing U9 soccer. And the NASDAQ turned in its best quarter since 2001. In the words of Paul Daner Jr., Cincinnati Bengals beat writer, Woo! Those are some pretty strong quarters. However, given how bad things were, in the, some grain of salt is, should be taken with that. Once again, the main connective thread um, throughout the U.S., throughout the world, continues to be the resurgence in coronavirus cases. Twelve states have paused or rolled back their openings or the reopenings of the economy, and U.S. cases are up 40% in the past week, according to Johns Hopkins University. And yesterday, Dr. Anthony Fochi's congressional testimony warned that daily new cases could surpass 100,000 if you don't wear a mask. Folks, it's not hard. It's not life-changing. Wear a mask. It's that simple. Wear a mask until a vaccine emerges. Look, everybody, we all want to see Joe Burrow make his debut for the Cincinnati Bengals. We all want to see the Yukon Huskies in their return to the Big East. Oh, is that, is that just me? Okay, well, we all have live sports that we want to see this fall in the winter, and that's only going to happen if we properly social distance, and that includes wearing a mask. In the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. The other interesting thing that occurred yesterday was gold prices crossed the 1800 mark, its highest peak since 2011. Not a surprise considering safe haven assets such as gold are becoming more and more appealing amidst all this uncertainty and, you know, the hashtag new normal. Last week, I talked about a ton of biotech companies that had COVID-19 vaccines in development, one of which was Gilead Sciences, ticker G-I-L-D, Remdesivir. I actually did look that up and make sure I pronounced it correctly, so a little pat on my own back there. Anyway, since last week, there's been an update for Gilead. They announced the pricing of the treatment, a total of $2,340 for one course, uh, the price for private insurance companies in the U.S. will be $520 per vial, which means lower prices for the government programs such as Medicare versus a higher price for privately insured patients. The analysts over at Jefferies say this pricing is well in line with the antiviral treatment's value and benefits, and they estimate it could provide Gil with 
one to two billion of cash flow in the next couple of years. What did that do to Gilead's options pits? Absolutely nothing. There has been no spike in volume in the past three or four days. Uh, nothing crazy going on. The, the, the most popular call is the July 75 call. And with Gilead last seen trading at 76.35, up 2.2% for the week, that's nothing life-changing. So despite this great development of, oh, we finally have pricing to associate with a treatment, not a lot of movement has been made amongst options traders. However, there is a company that I missed when I was listing out all of the biotechs working on a vaccine. I apologize to the folks at Pfizer, anyone who owns Pfizer stock, or just anyone in general that I have wronged. As of this morning's recording, Pfizer's vaccine candidate uh, that is working on with German biotech company BioNTech yielded positive results from an early stage human trial. Now, caveat is the results have not been reviewed by any medical journals yet, so the jury's still out as to how truly effective it is. But nevertheless, it sent stock futures hurtling higher today, uh, helping the Dow erase a nearly 200-point deficit uh, in its futures trading. Options-wise, by 10 o'clock, 116,000 called contracts had changed hands, six times the average intraday amount, and nine times the number of puts traded. The most popular by far was the weekly July 10th 3450 strike call, as well as the standard expiration 34 call. So with Pfizer, ticker PFE, last seen trading at 33.92, options traders who are buying these calls to open are targeting sustained gains from the blue chip drug name by the end of next week. I want to take a brief second, step back to the broader picture and call out our latest Monday morning outlook. This week, written by senior market strategist Matthew Timpane, while Todd Salomone was out on vacation. Uh, Matthew called out the S&P 500's 2.4% breakdown on Friday, and he noted that the 3,000 level that coincides with the S&P 500's 40-day moving average was there to save the day, stepped up as support on that Friday. That is the second time in as many weeks that that area has emerged as support. So Matthew thinks, and so far it seems to be lending true, that there is a potential bottom to make note of. And with the S&P 500 as of today up 3.3% on the week, that bottom has so far acted as a springboard. If you think that's good information to have, the rest of MMO is just as helpful for your investing prospects. Make sure to subscribe and check out the MMO. It has tons of stuff for you to look forward to on the week. For example, the NASDAQ 100 index, ticker NDX, faces off with the 10,000 level. Matthew outlines several price points, both above and below, that traders can look out for. It's great stuff. Give it a read. Okay, we'll finish off with some various odds and ends of this past week's happenings on Wall Street. First up is Carnival Cruise Lines, ticker CCL. On Thursday, Standard & Poor downgraded the company's bonds to junk status, citing weak demand for the cruise industry. Shocker of all shockers there. Who wants to go on a boat with a bunch of strangers in 2020 when there's a pandemic going on? Um, News didn't really trigger a frenzy in the options pits, uh, probably because it seems like that news isn't really news. It's stating the obvious. 
Until there is a vaccine, cruise stocks and travel stocks are going to get clobbered at worst and at best just sort of trade sideways, which Tecker CCL has done since it was rejected by its 100-day moving average earlier in June. But at the same time, if we do get a vaccine in the next six months, watch out for those cruise and travel stocks because the timing of that is everything. If the weather's still nice and people want to go on vacation, they could see a bump. Then we have Lululemon, ticker L-U-L-U, Lulu, which is taking a long, hard look in the mirror. No, actually, they really are because they announced this week the $500 million acquisition of Mirror. What is Mirror? You've probably seen the commercials. That's basically the oversized iPad on your wall with a Peloton-style interactive fitness routine. I thought it looked pretty cool, so I looked it up. It costs $1,400. I would love to run a cost-benefit analysis of everything it offers, which apparently is boxing classes, yoga, cardio. There are some really funny images on Google where you basically see someone boxing what looks like a wall because of the mirror standing there. I'd love to see what the cost of those classes is factored in compared to the in-person classes. Uh, But on the other hand, you can't put a price on peace of mind and with the way everyone is social distancing or they should be social distancing, um, it certainly beats the annoyance of dragging yourself to the gym and worrying about infecting others. But what is clear from the stock and the comp Lulu's standpoint is they are completely steering into the work out from home trend. Uh, this week, calls are trading at double the average intraday amount with the weekly July 2nd 320 strike calls the most popular. Lulu was last seen trading on July 1st at around $310. So clearly, buyers of those calls are expecting some fireworks from Lulu before the options expire at the end of the day tomorrow. Last week, the retail world was rocked by news that Gap, ticker GPS, inked a 10-year partnership with Kanye West to develop a clothing line catered towards younger audiences available starting in 2021. We covered the breaking news on Friday, complete with probably 20 references to his songs in my article, which might be my proudest moment or could be my most embarrassing, depending on who you talk to, um, in which I called out how Gap's rally was halted at its 200-day moving average. Well, fast forward three or so days, that trend line is still keeping Gap's gains in check. However, the July 15 calls are still flying off the shelves. Uh, Gap was last seen, or ticker GPS was last seen trading at $12.91. So it will need to topple that trend line to reward options traders. Do we really trust Yeezy with fashion? Do you? You do not. My mom is here and she does not trust Kanye West with fashion. It's a generational thing. It sure is. One thing's for sure, in the retail world, he did not have a lot of success with Nike. Uh, However, his partnership with Adidas has taken the sneaker and clothing world by storm. It's been incredibly successful. If you listen to any interview he's done, aside from his insane ramblings, he notes that Nike really restricted his creative freedom. And Adidas, on the other hand, basically let him create something from scratch. So his success with Gap 
and then in tune how Gap stock will perform really depends on how much creative control the company gives Kanye. Definitely something to watch in the next year or so because, yeah, everything he said, everything he does and says makes headlines. Last but not least, we have Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, an equally as divisive character as Kanye. Um, in the past week, tons of companies have withdrawn or paused their advertisements from Facebook, citing the company's lack of enthusiasm, to put it lightly, in addressing hate speech on its social media site. So far, we have Target, ticker TGT, Starbucks, ticker SBUX, Pfizer, ticker PFE, Coca-Cola, ticker KO, Unilever, Adidas, Ford, Everyone has joined the Stop for Hate campaign. Some are pausing their ads for a year. Others are doing it for a month. So there's a whole range of responses. The point is, these huge, big name brand companies are stepping away from the money printing machine that is Facebook advertising. Even if Facebook skews towards the older crowd these days, it's still a traffic superhighway. So kudos to these companies for sacrificing some profits in the name of social change. At last check, the decisions have resulted in three-day win streaks for tickers KO and SBUX, and no stock has necessarily turned lower. Have any exploded higher? No. But all that matters is that shareholders and investors aren't jumping ship after decisions like these. Um, going forward, I think it'll be interesting to see what other companies join in with these efforts, what other different types of social change is brought through corporate social responsibility. Uh, But one thing is clear, the protests from late May, early June flipped the switch in many CEOs' eyes where decisions to better the lives of African Americans are clearly in vogue. All right, folks, that just about covers it for the week. Thank you for listening. As always, make sure to head over to shafersresearch.com. Subscribe to our free newsletters that we have going on throughout the day. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. We are there. Our 39th anniversary stock picks are out, and we've got some awesome content out there with the help of Schaefer's senior quantitative analyst, Rocky White, who has talked about the NASDAQ's prospects for a stellar second half of 2020 as well as some data on the best and worst stocks to own historically in July. Check it out. Have a great 4th of July, and I'll talk to you next week.